0: We need the anointing of God. The anointing is that divine enablement of the Holy Ghost or the power of God to operate and function in our life. And some of us men need the anointing of God on our life to really be a father. We need the anointing of God in our life. Some of us business people, we need an anointing. You can go through the motion. And I don't want to go through the motion. You should want to be anointed. You're listening to the Anointed Leadership Podcast with Terry Lynn Scott. Subscribe today to start cultivating more leadership anointing in your life. Now, here's your host, Terry Linscott. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Anointed Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Terry Linscott. I am so grateful that you're joining me today, uh, that you're taking a few moments of your time to add value to your life, to listen to the content that I've created. And I really do pray. That in the next few minutes, that as I speak to you, that uh, you'll hear something that does add value to your life, that does adjust or tweak, or it's kind of like that chiropractic moment where you go and you get that vertebrae readjusted because you got a little uh, nerve issue in your muscle, and you just have to have that adjustment, and I pray today that this podcast kind of acts that way for your life to help you become the best leader, the best follower that you could ever become in your life. Before we get into the content today, which is, listen to this, having the heart of your leader the importance of having the heart of your leader. That's the content we're going to jump into today. And again, before we get into it, I just want to ask you to do me a favor. Hit the subscribe button if you haven't already done so. Leave me a comment or review. That really helps us and it helps promote us and it lets us know that we're adding value to your life. And then the last thing is really simple Just share this with some friends, some family, some neighbors, some co-workers, other colleagues that you may have, that this content would add value to their life as well. I really do appreciate it, and uh, I'm grateful that you're taking a few minutes of your time to help add value to your life. Listen to what God has put in my heart To help us as leaders as well as followers uh let's jump into it today the content again the title is having the heart of your leader the importance of having the heart of your leader and i want to give you a a theme verse it is the anointed leadership podcast which is we're asking god to get on us and work in us and through us to accomplish what we've been called to do or we've been tasked to do by a leader and so i really believe that when you find bible verses for everything in life that you actually find greater levels of success. I really believe that every aspect of leadership is found in the scriptures. Our, the greatest leader of all time, in my opinion, is Jesus Christ himself. Uh, he took 12 men and he changed the world still 2,000 plus years later. It's still changing people's lives. It's still helping people become better versions of themselves every single day. And he did this over 2,000 years ago with, with 12 people. That you got to think about that. His influence into the life of humanity has uh, so great that it's lasted over two thousand years. Most leaders can't say that. Most leaders get a quote or two after a hundred years of their of their life, or after twenty years of their life. Jesus. Man, 2,000-plus years, and people are still quoting him. People are still following him. And so we know that he was the greatest leader of all time. He is the GOAT, in my opinion, uh, the greatest of all time in leadership. Amen? So let's read a verse. In the book of Numbers, chapter 11, it says this, verse 25, says, Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him, we're talking to Moses, and took the spirit that was upon him, Moses, and placed that same spirit upon the 70 elders. Now, that's an interesting verse, and what's interesting is we're talking about Moses after he leads the children of Israel out of Egypt, and they're going into the Promised Land, and Moses is weighed down with the burden of leadership. He's weighed down with the burden of dealing with people and weighed down with the everyday business of of running a country, if you will. And his father-in-law, which there's so much about leadership in his father-in-law, but he had counsel around him, Moses the leader. He didn't just do it all himself. He didn't ask Jethro where he was when God spoke to him. He listened to those around him. This is, this is so key if you want to be a successful leader. You can't know, have all the answers and you need people around you. But he listens to his father-in-law and he basically says, you're wearing yourself out. You can't do this on your own. You need to get some help. So you need to find some people. So Moses actually gets 72 people. There's 70 that are in the place and there's two others that are still around the, 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 that are still helping Moses with leadership in amongst the, the business of the day. And so 72 people receive the same spirit that was upon Moses. That's an interesting moment. So I think about this when I talk about leadership and when I think about the success of a team, the success of a church, the success of any business is when the team, the leadership team or those that are in the team have the same attitude, the same heart, the same spirit as the leader. Things look good. But when there's a division, which means the same heart isn't there, the same attitude isn't there, the same spirit isn't there, now you have a a complete division and people know it. And here's the interesting thing is God said, if you're going to have and produce leadership under you, I can't just tell you to give them information. Basically, says, I need them to have your same heart, the things that drive you, the things that make you tick, the things that that excite you, the the, the vision that you have to see it very plain. But I also need them to understand what makes you frustrated, what makes you, what ticks you off, if you will, things that, that are irritating to you. I'm putting this whole kit and caboodle thing upon the leadership so they can help you, here's the key, deal with the burdens of everyday life of the everyday business. Now in ministry, we don't like to call it business. We like to call it, oh, it's ministry, it's not business. Can I help you, there is a business side to ministry. You gotta deal with the government, you gotta deal with money, you gotta deal with the banks, you gotta deal with leadership, you gotta deal with people, you gotta deal with facilities. There's a business side of it. And most people don't like to call ministry business, but you gotta have a little bit of business in there to deal with the everyday stuff that goes on. In that moment, there's a burden, there's a weight that comes upon the leader when they have absolutely no help. I I, I want you to realize that having the same heart as your leader simply means this, you've caught his vision, you got his heart, you have the same attitude about what the purpose is, as well as you have the same response to problems and to victories that they would have. That's what this really looks like. The things that he would celebrate, you're going to celebrate. The things that he's going to uh, pray for, you're going to pray for. The things that are going to just tick him off, they should tick you off. This is, and, and, and excuse the word tick off, but the reality is that thing that just makes him mad and he doesn't have any any place for it in his life should have the same thing with you. You, you and him, you and her, they should be walking in the same path, going after the purpose, not promoting the person. Moses didn't have 72 leaders under him to promote him, but it was to fulfill the purpose of God in his life. And that's what we have to realize. I want to talk to you about just two types of categories of people that are employees or workers or whatever it is in the business world. If you're, if you're a a secular employee, employer that has employees, you have two types of people that work for you. One is the one that we all want is, is the people that are part of the team to make a difference. They're, they're part of it. They're making a difference. They're sold out to it. And the other one is their the income status. You're just a paycheck. You're just my groceries. You're just paying my bills. And that's all you are. Those are the two people, types of employees that we find. You very rarely find somebody in the middle. Either I'm just there to clock in, clock out, or actually I have ownership in the company. These are the types of people. In the church, you have, I'm a volunteer. Nobody's paying me. I'm just here. I'm helping you. Uh, be excited that I at least showed up and nobody else did. And that's a volunteer mindset. Then you have the one that says, I've been bought with a price. I no longer belong to myself. Jesus Christ owns me, and everything that I'm going to do for the church, I'm doing it for Jesus Christ. So I'm bought with a price. I'm not my own. And then I'm a volunteer. Can I tell you I hate the volunteer mindset? I can't stand volunteer mindset because you didn't volunteer. Jesus bought you. You are owned by Jesus. Come on, I'm preaching better and you're saying amen today. And I know it's a leadership podcast, but you can see that passion that burns. I can't stand the volunteer because that's all you get is volunteers. You don't get people that are sold out for Jesus in the kingdom. So now we have business side, church side. Let me get off of that. But church side, business side. The, the, and they are both mirror each other. Income status looks like a volunteer. Somebody that 's in it and has ownership looks just like the person that 's been bought with a price. same attitudes. you have two different types of people, and what we have to realize is there these always going to have these two types of people around us, but what we need to do is not be the one that 's a volunteer, and we definitely don 't need to be the one that 's income only. We need to be people that have ownership because we know we 've been bought with a price we 've got to be these people if we 're going to find great levels of success in our life, as well as the leaders. We have to help cultivate. The people, we need to move them from income only and volunteer only over to ownership. And we can do that by helping them get the heart of what we've got going on and what God's called us to do. Amen. And so I want to talk about this, about leadership. Let's talk about Jesus. Jesus taught us a lot about imparting leadership into people. I opened it up and said, he took 12 people and is still changing the world today. And none of them are alive. But what they did and how they did it is still greatly alive in our lives. He taught us these things. And we find this in a couple verses. In Matthew chapter 13, we find that he talks about the parable of Sower. A few different places in the scriptures. And in Matthew 13, verse 16, he says, In verse 15, he says, those people over there that I said in parables, they don't get it. But you, in verse 16, you have eyes to see and ears to hear. So you're going to see something different and hear something different than everybody else is going to do. He's talking to the 12. Mark chapter 4, same parable, different reference to it out of the book of Mark. And he says Jesus spoke, in Mark chapter 4, verse 34, it says Jesus spoke parables to everyone, but those closest to him, he broke it down. Now, this is where it gets to the point of how do I get the heart that I have as a leader onto the people on me and how do they receive it? So here's the thing we find in this thing is you can teach people all day long. You can you can hammer knowledge into people all day long. You can force the the vision into somebody all day long. But if they don't catch it, it's not going to do anything for them. Jesus realized this. Jesus casted vision to people. He casted it. So he, he, had multi, he had seven groups of people, six groups of people, but there were seven groups of intimacy. And we find this, that he had the multitudes, he had the crowds, he had the 72, he had the 12, he had the three, and he had the one, and the other level of intimacy was God. So there's the seven levels of intimacy Jesus had. Jesus never casted vision to the twelve. He broke it down. But to everybody else, he cast a vision. He gave them the freedom to find interpretation. He gave them freedom to make decisions on their own. But the ones that chose to follow him, and not everybody's going to choose to follow you as a leader— but the ones he chose that chose to follow him, that made a conscious decision to eliminate the volunteer mindset and become the one that I'm bought with a price, the one that changes from I'm in here for an income and paying bills to, man, I got ownership and stock in the company, and the success of the company looks good on me, and so I'm going to be rewarded for that. See the difference in the people? This is how Jesus dealt with He casted vision to everybody, but those closest to him, he broke everything down. He, he, he sat down with him. He talked about him. He, he, got, he laid everything out of his heart and not just what he saw, not just what a vision was, not formal, but just poured himself out into those around him. If you're the leader, you're going to have to learn to spend time with those that are closest to you. You're going to have to be able to tell them things. You're going to have to sh- share things that, that bother you, things that irritate you. You're going to have to begin to talk to them about things you don't like. You're going to have to begin to cast vision and sit down with them in private meetings and share your heart before you tell everybody else and, th- and let them catch it. And you're going to have to do this more than one time. You can't just tell somebody one time and expect them to catch it. You got to think about those 72 elders or 70 elders that were with Moses. They were with them. And they did not catch his spirit until god put it upon them he could have taught him he could have told them he did everything he knew to do but until god intervened and he, they caught the spirit of moses and it, it wasn't then until they helped him bear the burdens of everyday life and so when we really look at this when you have a solid team around you you this is what happens when they catch the vision when you have that solid team around you and you spent that time with them what you do is alleviate the burden of everyday decisions so that you can deal with the things that only you can deal with the difference the, the key difference to this whole component about having the spirit of my leader and not is the cot versus the tot we're teaching people we're telling people we're preaching things we're doing all of this stuff and we find that people around us they're not they're not getting it we don't it's like oh my gosh what's wrong with you guys but the reality are we spending time with those that are closest to us. My team are close to me. I, I don't spend a ton of time anymore of just meeting, 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 because they're catching it. They're getting it. They're running with it. Because in the beginning, I spent a ton of time with them. I spent Monday nights with them. I began to talk to them about messages, and I spent weekly meetings with them. And they caught it. And it's a great thing. But we still meet. We still talk. We still cast vision. And it's easier because the minute they have the attitude and they hear what I have to say, they're catching it. And it's so much better. A solid team around you will allow you to do what only you can do, leader, because they're doing what God anointed them to do, which is bear the burdens of everyday life in the business, in the ministry, and you got to be able to do that. Moses' role was to lead the people, but it was too tough on his own, so he needed the people around him. And so, leader, you can be complaining that you don't have no help, or you can take the time to cast vision to multitudes, but spend a lot of time with some close people around you. And we got to see that. Jesus spent a ton of time with Peter, James, and John. We know that he spent a ton of time with the 12, but he but he spent, a quali- he spent some time with crowds and multitudes that followed him, but he didn't have to give them the time of day to break it all down. You know, Moses didn't come and teach them. God put the spirit upon those leaders. And so you have to let that happen. You got to find that and develop that and catch the vision. How do you do it? Let me give you three things today that how do I get the spirit of my leader upon me? Leader, how do you get that spirit upon them? You can't. They have to receive that. You can't put it. you got to keep, but there are things that you have to do to be able to help them catch that vision. Here's the the thing. How do you get the spirit of your leader upon you? Now, before I get into it, I want to make sure that we're all clear. We're not in man worship here. And that's not what we do we worship the almighty god but we look at what god set up in the church and how he does things and he's never done anything in the earth without using a man and we always have a man over us or a woman however that looks like to you we always have authority over us we always will and it always has been and so we've got to realize that there's always going to be people in our life there's always going to be people that are in our life that are going to help us, they're going to lead us, they're going to direct us, they're there for our good, and they're not a problem, and they're not a thorn, right? So we have to realize that. So it's not man worship, it's the way God designed these things. So here's the first thing of how do I get the heart of my leader? How do I get that same spirit? How do I do that? Can I, Before I get into that, let me say this. This is what it really means to have the heart. You act like, the, not, not act, you answer the way they would answer You make decisions the way they would make a decision. You put out fires the way they would put out the fire. This is what it really means. It doesn't mean that you dress like them, you talk like them, you eat everything that they eat, you like their flavors. That's not what we're talking about. That's crazy and weird and it's stupid. We're talking about you helping bear the burden in the business, in the ministry, whatever it is, and you're taking what's upon that leader and you're making sure that you're operating that way. When, when Felix, he's, he's my right-hand guy in the ministry, when he came into the ministry and he started working, I told him, I said, Felix, you got to learn how I do things. You can't do things the way you do things. You can't correct people the way you would want to or the way Jimmy Squires did or anybody else. I need you to learn how how to handle it the way I handle it. I need you to learn how to make decisions the way I'm going to make decisions. And over the last year, we've been working side by side of how to make decisions. And And it's constant, me and him talking, me bringing things to his attention, because as he develops and as he grows into it, he's grabbing the heart, and he don't have to ask no more because he knows how I would do that. And so it's bearing a burden that would be on my weight. He's bearing that, making success happen in our ministry, and it's a great thing that's happening. So you got to realize this is what it means and what it looks like, and as leaders, we need people under us like this, and people that are under leadership, this is what your role should be for the leader, not promoting yourself, but for the leader, okay? So here's, let's talk about three things. Number one, know your role. Are you the leader, are you the elder, or are you the people, which three are you? You're the people that got problems? You're the elder that's helping the leader or you're the leader that's leading the people? You've got to know your role. And until you do, you're never going to catch the vision. You're never going to understand. Number 1, anything with two heads is a freak. We know this. It's a monster. And so there's not two heads. So if you're not the leader, don't be the leader. Don't try to be the leader. Don't don't walk in a grace that God hasn't given you. Know your role. If you're the leader, Then lead, let people, pull potential out of, stretch people to help you do what God's called you to do. And you'll be able to do more when you have people around you doing it, but you will only do it when they catch your heart. So you're gonna have to spend some time and know your role. Listen, you gotta beat down, and knowing your role, you gotta beat down Pride and Arrogance. This is something that has come to me and I've really just, you know, uh, meditated upon what does this really mean? Pride and arrogance. Pride is, watch, wanting something that you can't have. So you got to beat that down. You can't say, I want to be the leader. I wish I was the leader. I wish I had that position. That's pride. Arrogance is saying, I could do it better. So we got to beat that out of our life to be able to have the heart. We got to respect that what God has put upon each person and we got to walk in that and we got to love that person and and be honorable to where we are, but we got to know our role and to know our role, you got to beat down pride, wishing you had something that you're not graced to do and arrogance thinking that you're better than everybody else. You got to beat that down. Leaders, you got to beat that down. You need the people around you. You need teams around you. You need leaders around you because this weight of this thing is too great for you to do it on your own. That's why God set up leadership the way he did. We also got to realize that we got to walk in the grace that we've been given and not ask for something that we we can't do. And it's interesting. When I went from the second in charge to the first in charge, when I went from associate to, to senior pastor, the grace was different. And I, I felt it inside, I can't explain it, but there was a different grace about me to be able to lead people in pastoral versus supporting a pastor. There's a different grace there. And so I never wanted the, the lead pastor. I was happy in the supportive. And I learned how to beat down pride and I learned how to beat down arrogance many times in my life that would rise up when I, they would make a decision that I didn't like and I thought it was the dumbest decision. But it was like, that's not my place. They're the leader. My job is to help them do what they're deciding to do. And you gotta beat that thing down. You gotta know your role if you wanna get the heart of your leader. Number two, you gotta be attentive to your leader. So you know your role. Here's kind of what it looks like. You gotta know if you're a leader, elder, or people. Then you gotta be attentive to your leader. What does that mean? You gotta have eyes to see and ears to hear. This is something that's so in my mind that I learned is so profound is how do you, what are you listening to and what are you watching? Are you listening to what they're saying? Are you watching what they're doing? Are you listening more about how it come across rather than what they're saying? Are you watching their body language rather than their, uh, what you want them to do for you? I I've always learned this, always hear the message and forget about the messenger. This is one of the biggest keys to getting the heart of your leader sometimes as leaders, we're going to get mad. We're going to get frustrated. We're going to act in flesh. We're going to act angry. We're going to snap. We're going to lash out. And that's not, that's not biblical. It's not the, the being led of the spirit. It's none of those things, but we're just going to, we're going to do it. Let's just be real. The, the problem with those that are under us, if they see that and they only hear the way it comes across, they're never going to receive it. So let me talk to you that are listening today. You've got to have ears to hear and eyes to see, not the individual, but the purpose of God in your life. And you've got to be able to throw the messenger away at times and get the message out of it. You've got to understand you've got to be attentive to the leader. What does that mean? Be present in every conversation and every preaching. So if you're in the church and you hear your pastor preaching, and that's why you should listen to your pastor and be a part of your pastor. And if you're not in church, be online watch church or go back and watch church one of the two and hear what the pastor has to say and be present that don't mean just be there that means attentive what are you listening for because most pastors are casting vision in every church service and if you're not hearing the vision then when you're never going to go knock on the door and say hey explain to us the parable you're never going to do what the disciples did right so you got to be attentive to your leader you got to be present you got to in- listen intently to what he's saying or what she's saying you got you to gotta pay attention. L- read between the lines, if you will. Listen to what they're saying. What is their heart? Not the words that are coming out, but what's driving. What's in the passion? What's coming out of their mouth? This is not just in public, but it's also in private. And sit down conversations and in, in dinner dates with you and your spouse and them and their spouse. Or It's just they, as they talk, as you ask certain questions, you, you just see things and you hear things. And then you're asking God, explain that to me. Talk to me about that. You said this. I, I want to uh, put on this last one, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bring this one thought to you, is you got to know what makes them tick, and you got to know what ticks them off. This is, this is what it means to be attentive to your leader. If you want to lead the way they lead, you want to help make decisions the way they make decisions, you're going to have to know what, what makes them tick and what ticks them off. My father-in-law, when he was helping me and developing me and mentoring me and raising me and discipling me, little things that I would learn. When he'd walk into the room, he didn't really care about where the chairs were sitting. He cared about if there was a paint spot on the ceiling, if there was a, if there was a piece of paper on the carpet, uh, did it smell good, um, and then he looked at the chairs. So what I began to learn is what makes him tick and what ticks him off because if I know what ticks him off, he's, he's going to be able to give more energy and effort to what makes him tick if you don't have to deal with what ticks him off. This is what it means to be attentive to your leader. you got to know them, what they do like and what they don't like. Like for me, for example, a lot of guys know I can't stand doors to be open. So if a closet door is cracked, I go shut the closet door. And, it, and those things take my attention. And why? I can't explain it. Don't ask me. Don't know. It's just one of them OCD moments in my life. And so I'm, I'm constantly shutting doors everywhere I go. Everywhere I go, it's just a, it's something in my mind that says that door shouldn't be open. Shut the door. I don't like paper on the floor. I don't like certain things. You know, there's certain things I don't like. And when people know that about me, and when I walk in and I don't have to think about it, it makes life easier for me. But when people don't shut a door, now my mind goes to thinking about the door rather than what I'm supposed to be doing. This is what I mean. Be attentive. You got to know every detail. You got to know the things that make them tick, push them to that. And whatever ticks them off, you got to be attentive to that. So if you can deal with those things, they can go do what, what really they need to do. This is how you get the heart. You think, well, what is the trash on the pay- floor got to do with it? Oh, a whole lot. You get the heart of your leader. And then you begin to develop those things. And you begin to lead the ministry, the business, the way they would because you know exactly what they don't like. So it's just simple things that you got to do. It's, it's you got to be attentive to your leader. You have to know your role. Are you the leader? Are you the elder or are you the people? you got to know that role. you got to be attentive to your leader. You have ears to hear and eyes to see. This is what Jesus told his disciples. you got to be able to see things that nobody else does, and you got to be able to hear things that nobody else is hearing. And the last thing is this. Know your role. You've got to be attentive. And the third one is, is probably the most simple but the most profound. Uh, remove the burden. Don't be the burden. No, no, there was no mute on the audio. Remove the burden. Don't be the burden that that to me is so profound. You got to do the work. You know, the elders, after they got the spirit of Moses, they went out and did the work. They were no longer the problem. They weren't the work. They were the help to the work. And so the elders were were to keep a handle of the burden, not be the burden. They were the ones that were to remove the burden from Moses, not become the burden. Uh, they didn't go to Moses every day and get counsel about every little thing. They learned What how Moses would handle situations and they just handled them. They didn't even have to report to Moses because there was too many things to report only thing they did is when they were no longer graced to deal with the problem they handed it over to Moses that's how we have to learn in leadership you gotta remove the burden and not be the burden that, that is so simple but yet so profound you gotta go do what you've been anointed to do go remove a burden and stop being the burden I, I did an episode on this on, about making decisions and, and how you do this and being second in charge and I challenge you to go back and listen to it but don't come with a question without bringing advice or suggestions suggestions to your leader don't make your leader think about things when you're that's your job you just give them what the best option is and let them choose and normally they're going to choose whatever you say because they don't have to think about it that's what I mean by removing the burden you becoming the burden is you're bringing all of your problems that you're having in the business and your personal life to them now they're not able to go do what they're supposed to do because they're doing their job and your job you know we got we got to adjust we must adhere uh, we must adjust to their lifestyle and alleviate the burdens of theirs. We, we got to realize that it's not man worship, but this is how we become successful in our life. We have to remove the burdens and not be the burden, right? That's the biggest key. Again, how do you do that? You know what ticks and what, t- what makes them tick and ticks them off. <laughs> don't do the things that tick them off. Don't, don't create irritations and frustrations in their life. Remove all of that in their life, right? Here's what I'm saying. The success of every great leader is having great leaders under them who can think, act, decide just like them. Here's what you have to do. You have to choose to catch the heart of your leader to find greater success. Know your role. Be attentive to your leader in in public and private arenas. And then don't be the burden. Go do the work. This is what it means to have the heart. And why? Because when we have the heart, we're all running after the same vision. We're all chasing down the same purpose. We're all here to do what we, what we need to do to help benefit the ministry and or the business in our life so that we can all be successful. Your job as a follower is to alleviate the burdens of your leader Leader, your job is to promote the vision and get your heart upon the people, so that together you're running with the vision and doing what God's called you to do. Man, I hope this has helped you. I hope you'll you'll leave this podcast. You'll go back and think about it. Leaders, if you'll sit down with your teams, this might strike up some conversations about how to do it. You may need a. You may have one team member, and you may have twenty team members, but this is something that every business and every church must have to find greater levels of success. It's in the scriptures, so it. Should be in our lives amen so i hope this has ad- added value to you again if it has please share this with somebody that that it would add value to them. Leave a comment, hit the subscribe button. Hey, until next time, I call you blessed and may the anointing of God come upon you and operate through you to accomplish everything God has called you to do. Connect with Terry on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts to help this message reach more people so together we can create anointed leaders all over the world. Thanks for tuning in. Until next time. We're believing God with you and for you that whatever you put your hand to will prosper in Jesus' name.